0: Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, Real Estate Records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories. But not only success stories, I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories. Everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Nova Show, Real Estate Records. I'm Tristan Hammett, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by a Utah realtor whose passion for the beehive state shines through her work. With a deep connection to Utah's landscapes, Annie Trujillo is more than a realtor, she's a local expert and outdoor enthusiast. In this episode, we'll uncover Annie's journey, explore her unique insights into Utah's real estate market, and discover the secrets to her success. Whether she's helping a homebuyer, investor, or you're simply curious about Utah's real estate scene, you're in for a treat. Without further ado, let's dive into our conversation with Annie. Hi. Hello, Annie. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, I met, well, I didn't actually meet her. I saw her speaking on a panel, and there, I think there was like five agents on there, and she just has the, such a cute, fun, professional vibe about you, and just like your energy is just so fun, and I just want to be around you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was the only
2: woman on that panel um, and definitely felt like the odd one out, the kind of quirky girl on the panel next to all of these other top producing agents. So
1: a lot of um, feeling like, oh, should I be here or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you definitely belonged on that panel because you are a stellar agent. And um, from what I can read about you and things like that is like you're an incredible human too. So, and you've got a pretty cool past. So let's talk about that a little bit. Where, where are you from? And tell us about your journey over to Utah.
2: Okay. I, um, I think it's kind of a fun journey. Uh, so I was born in Albuquerque, but was only there for a few years when I was a kid. And then, uh, we moved to the Bay area and my mother was very outdoorsy and took me hiking all the time. And, um, I ended up being a mountain guide. So I lived in Bishop, California. And I was a mountain guide for about eight years there. So I took people up Mount Whitney, rock climbing, skiing, ice climbing, all the things. Um, so in coming to Utah, I was taking a American Mountain Guide Association a ski guide course here in the Wasatch. And I was going through a divorce. And I had one friend here. And I said, oh, Salt Lake is pretty cool. And he was like, you should just move here for a while and get out of that small town. And I went, mm, I'll think about it. And every time I think about it, thought about it, I got that big, like, yes from the universe that was like, yeah, this is something you should do. So I literally left, like, all my things behind in Bishop and just ended up staying here. I had a rock guide course lined up right after that, and that was in Vegas. So I went to Vegas for two weeks and came straight back to Utah, and I've been here ever since.
1: So when was that? Oh, God. Um, 2011. 2011? Yeah. Wow. So it's been a while. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I um, if you're not if you're listening you're not from Utah the Wasatch Mountains are just like in your face no matter where you are in Salt Lake we are also um, transients here to Utah and I was like one of our musts in our house has to have a view and we just quickly learned that that wasn't hard because <laughs> there's I mean east or west east or the Wasatch but the views here are just incredible and so beautiful. And for you being an outdoor enthusiast, I'm sure this is just like a big playground for you. Yeah, it's definitely like the shining star of
2: being in Utah, in my opinion. Um, It blows my mind that there are people that have grown up here who have never even driven up Little Cottonwood Canyon. Because to me, that is like
1: the reason that you live here. Oh, yeah. Especially right now. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just love seeing you can just see the colors on the mountains from here. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: I actually haven't seen the fall colors yet because I just got back from a big trip. So I'm excited to get in the mountains oh, yeah. this weekend.
1: You went to Croatia. I did. How was that? Amazing. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, spectacular. Did you go by yourself or?
2: So um, my so I had this um, big life epiphany about a year and a half ago um, that went like this. I said, you know, I spent all of my 20s in the mountains. I used to do huge expeditions. I've been to a lot of beautiful, incredible places through guiding and just recreation. And then I've spent my 30s working my butt off in real estate in Salt Lake City. And I want to spend my 40s by the sea. And so this year I have been learning how to sail. So in March, I took a nine-day women's-only sailing course in the British Virgin Islands. And then in Seattle, I sailed with a group of girlfriends um, in July. And then um, I just took another course uh, in Croatia, uh, with some friends and then spent an additional week. I actually extended my trip to do more sailing in Croatia cause it was just so amazing. So, um, I just got back like four days ago.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am like, okay. I thought she was cool before. <laughs> <laughs> like You're really cool. There's so much to know about you and to learn about you. There's yeah, you're just, you're very, um, Sounds like you're spontaneous and you like thrill. Yeah, probably to my ultimate demise. (laughs) No, I think it's great. I love that it's 40s by the sea. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that is so cool. Good for you. Thanks. Yeah, so tell us, you got here in 2011 and um, the mountain guide, did that ever come to fruition? Did you have...
2: Yeah, so I was, I was a guide in the Bay Area. I was a guide in Bishop, California for Sierra Mountain Guides. And then when I moved here, I got a job um, also guiding in the Wasatch okay. um, with Utah Mountain Adventures. Um, and I did that for, I don't know, maybe a couple years. And the Wasatch is, you know, a world-class destination for skiing, but it's not really a world-class destination for climbing. So people would, you know, maybe plan a trip to spend a week in Park City with their families, and they'd want to do one day of climbing... You know, or maybe they'd come out to ski, and all of their days were in the resort. But then there'd be one day of backcountry, something like that. So, I quickly found that it was going to be difficult to like really garner a full time guiding career in the Wasatch. And I never wanted to be one of those guides that was, you know, most full time mountain guides are traveling constantly. You know, they spend their fall in Vegas or in yeah. Red Rocks in Las Vegas. Maybe they go to Antarctica. Maybe they go up to Seattle or Alaska. They're traveling all the time, and I just didn't want to do that. So I went, oh, I guess I have to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, I worked for uh, the Front Climbing Club for years. Um, oh, that's a nice club. I did everything for them. I did uh, their graphic design. I was the lead route setter. I was a manager. I worked at the front desk. I was on the roof repairing swamp coolers. Like, I mean, I did everything for that company Um and, and really loved it there, but ultimately when that came to an end, um, uh, maybe a year prior, I had a, sorry, I'm backing up now. No, you're fine. About a year prior, I had bought my first house, and it was my grandfather's idea. He goes, well, it looks like you're going to be in Salt Lake for a while. You better pick up an investment property. And um, I so I did. Um, and my realtor was this old school climbing guy in the Wasatch. He put up tons of routes in the Little Cottonwood Canyon, just this incredible human person
1: so, so you fell. met him
2: through the he was my realtor okay yeah um and at the end of our transaction after I bought that house he was like dude you should get your license and I was like yeah right <laughs> like what a sellout move absolutely not and I would tell my friends I'd be like can you believe Dave said I should get my real estate license <laughs> and across the board they'd all be like you'd be really good at that and I was like <gasps> whatever but then so many people said that and honestly uh my broker always says everybody kind of fails into real estate like nobody you know grows up as a kid going I want to be a realtor so I went well you know once my kind of tenure at the front ended I went well I don't really have anything else going on so I guess I'll get this license and it's been non-stop since then turns out my friends were right
1: <laughs> so okay so that was in like 2013 so this would have been 14. um 14 or 15. Okay. Yeah. So 2014 or 2015. I think I got licensed in 15, maybe the end of 15. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. So you've been in it for a a little while now. Eight years. Yeah. 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 That's great. And um, so I'm going to toot your horn right now. (laughs) So you are a two-time recipient of the Top Performing Individual Award through your brokerage. And also you have... Uh, received the top 500 award in 2021 and 2022 um three years of the top 500 oh yeah okay three years of top 500 wow sorry to correct you (laughs) (laughs) no okay so what do you think some of the key strategies are and um like what has played a role in this success because you're not from here so how have you climbed this ladder Yeah. So, um, funny to use the word climb.
2: (laughs) Um, the big analogy in my life with this mountain guiding past is, you know, so once I got my license about six months into it, I went, Oh my gosh, like I take people out of their comfort zone. I guide them through a transaction. I don't do the work for them, but I educate them along the way. I help keep nerves calm. If the weather's bad, I get them out of there. And at the end of the day, we summit. I mean, we buy a house. I mean, Oh my God, I do the same thing that I've always done. So I was really happy that I, you know, thought of that analogy so early on, because I've really taken that into my world of real estate where I'm like, I'm not a salesperson. I'm here to help you do the thing that you told me you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So let's do that thing together and let's do it in a way that's like fun. Cause ultimately buying a house takes a lot of bravery, like a tremendous amount of bravery. And so does climbing Mount Whitney. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm dealing with kind of a similar type of people.
1: That is so cool. So do you, like, tell us about your first transaction. Was it like through your climbing community? (laughs)
2: Um, My first transaction was, I was uh, a personal trainer for a while. So when I first got my license, I had this theory that if I was, you know, training a couple days a week, it would help keep me on schedule because I would teach the 5 a.m. class. So it would get me to get up early in the morning, you know, and it was only two days a week, but it kind of would help I don't know just structure my life out a little bit mm-hmm. and then also potentially meet people to sell them homes. Um and one of the trainers at that gym ended up being my first transaction. Um and I think it was a little bit of a courtesy thing, you know, I think he liked me and respected me and wanted to kind of help build my career a little bit. And so it was nice
1: to work with like a friend and coworker for that first one. Yeah, that's super nice. Yeah. And um I know so I know because I've heard her speak before. She is is not cold calling. She's not doing any of that. You are referral based and you, I believe if I remember correctly, you go to, you go to events and you, you you're out networking.
2: Yeah. So another reason for my success is, um, my relationship with the front climbing club, you know, having worked the front desk there for years and being the manager when I took over. So to toot my own horn a little bit, um, you know, when I took over the front managing, it had been managed by men you know, and it was this kind of old boys club and they had these gross couches and it was kind of just dirty. And I mean, it was great facility always, but you know, when I took over, I took over, I was like, "Uh uh, we're changing everything. So I revamped our cleaning schedule. I got rid of the old couches. Like I insisted that we paint and do all this stuff. And about six months after working there, we're looking at the numbers for the gym and our membership had literally doubled. And I showed the owner, I was like, look at these numbers he's like, well, so what does it mean? And I was like, that's when I started. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I think that not only did I meet a lot of people through the front, but a lot of people associated me with that work ethic. So then when I got my license, I think people went, well, she was good at the front. She's probably going to be good at this. And so, you know, for me, it was really just about making sure that everybody who thought of my name ever associated me with real estate instead of managing the front. And so that was like, all my effort was put into like rebranding myself, basically. And I remember one time I had to talk to somebody who was like, he was a friend of an old boyfriend, basically. And it wasn't like somebody that I interacted with. And I texted him and I was like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. This says, Annie, like, I've got a random question for you. And he goes, Annie, the dentist or Annie, the realtor? And I went, yes, <laughs> yes, Annie, the realtor. <laughs> this guy doesn't even know me and he knows I'm a realtor. I've done it. Um, so that was like, a
1: monumental moment for me. Yeah. And yeah. it's just making sure that everyone knows that you're a realtor. Totally. Like screaming it from the rooftops. Yeah. Like yep. you're not an undercover agent. Yeah. This is your full, t- this is your career. Yep. This is what you absolutely enjoy doing. Yes. And it's just so cool that you've been able to combine the two. And I love how you compare climbing out in the wilderness to real estate. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so true. Totally. You know, that's so cool. So I want to talk about Time management, because you did mention um, that it, teaching the 5 a.m. classes was a way to help you with your structure, and I know that you still are structured. Yes. So can you tell us what a typical day looks like for you, or an ideal day? I know they're all different, but
2: yeah, ideally. So um, like I said on that panel, I'm one of those annoying people, or somebody that I found annoying before I was like this, where I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm, your morning's so perfect, but truly like it starts with the morning routine. Um, and so I'll, you want me to just launch into yeah, it? Yeah. Okay. So I do, I, it's important. Yeah. So I typically try to get up, um, at five or five 30 in the morning on the Croatia trip. I was introduced to the Wim Hof breathing method. Um, and basically it's a pretty quick breathing exercise where you kind of just hyperventilate yourself and then hold your breath for as long as possible for several times in a row. And it makes your whole body tingle. It makes like your body temperature go up. It does all these incredible things for your nervous system. And so I get up. Um, I do a little gua sha on my face. I don't know if you know what that is. I it's don't. Like, it's like a Chinese, um, it's just like a way to keep your skin taut, I guess. Oh. You guys can look into it later. So I do a little gua sha on my face. And then I do a Wim Hof. And then I make some tea. And I do my Wordle and my worldle um, and my New York Times mini wordle's crossword. So fun. <laughs> yeah do my little, my little phone games while I'm making tea. And then I read for an hour. Um, and then I get up and I take my dog for a run and then I stretch for half an hour and then I shower and then my day starts. Okay. Um, so like I get so much done by like eight thirty in the morning and I just feel like rejuvenated and alive and productive and ready to take on the day. And then the day changes from there. So sometimes like this morning, I went to a coffee shop before coming here. After this, I'll probably go to uh, my friend's kombucha shop, which is a great place to work um, and work a little bit, meet up with my VA if I have appointments, you know, typically they're in the afternoon or evening. Um, and yeah, but yeah. Okay. So do you go into the office? I don't. You don't? Um, okay. Yeah. Pre-COVID, I had an office um, at my brokerage and... I would go in there, but ever since COVID, I've also since bought what I call my big girl house, and I really love it. So I tend to work there or at coffee shops or my friend's kombucha shop.
1: Okay, yeah. and um, so let's talk about your VA. Okay, because I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, you really like you really like him. I love him. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I remember you talking about him. Um, and so why was it important for you? I want this to be a two part question. Okay, so number one, why was it important for you to hire a VA? And number two, how did you find him? Because actually that is a huge question for agents out there to find a good one.
2: So um, towards the later years of COVID, um, I'm going to start a little bit like when I started leveraging. So obviously I've had a transaction coordinator for most of my career. Um, He's just in our office. So then I realized that I needed help. Simultaneously, um, my best friend from growing up was kind of unhappy in her job and looking for something else. And I overheard her at a party talking about her day to day. And I went, Oh, my God, that's like all the stuff that I need. And she goes, I know. And so we had a conversation about it. And I hired her. So she worked for me for a year and a half. And it was such a game changer having somebody to help me with stuff. Um, eventually she wanted to go back into her old, she works in travel. She wanted to go back to that. So we split ways and she, we hired a VA through, um, my out desk and her and I hired him. She trained him and just a two or three months into it, I was just like, this is not working. And I found myself like not really meeting up with him, not really directing him because I just we just weren't a good match, and it was like kind of a really low time for me, not having her. I missed her working with me, and then having this guy who was like not so great. she set the bar high. She set the bar so high, it yeah. was like yeah, it's been actually really hard to come back from that in a lot of ways. So. Um, cause she was just fabulous. Um, but then I finally had enough conversations with my out desk and I'm not trying to disparage them, but you know, yeah. it took several conversations, um, until finally they were like, okay, let's find you a new one. This isn't working. And so we interviewed again, I got this guy and he was the only person out of, you know, I probably interviewed eight or 10 people all told over there that described himself as creative. And that really piqued my interest. And, um, he has just been a delight. He is amazing. He is creative and he thinks of things that I would never think of. You know, he looked at my Google page, which I thought was pretty good. And he goes, "Mm -mm, no, you need blog posts on here. You need a YouTube channel, you know, little things like he'd be like, can you send me an intro video and I'll edit it for the YouTube channel? You know, so I just did like this boring video in my house and he made it all cool. He added like pictures and videos and like little, I don't know, whatever, you know, and then he puts like these, um, banners that make me look like a real like YouTube star you know it'll, it'll like cut out my face and you know put I don't know graphics it I don't even know how he does it but um he's just a great and he's got a great attitude he's super positive he's happy smiling you know so I'm mo- more motivated to meet up with him so he's been such a game changer
1: okay and do you meet like is he Utah based or no he's in the Philippines oh okay yeah. and so um Do you meet with him daily, weekly, or... Totally depends. There's
2: honestly some weeks where I don't meet up with him on a Zoom call at all. But, you know, we're texting all day. Um, And then there's some weeks, like this week, coming back from that Croatia trip, I was like, okay, let's, like, really get into some stuff. So we're meeting more this week. And you can just you know give him a vision you'll be like wow this is something i really want to do and then he'll take and run with it for two weeks like the whole time i'm in croatia i'm looking at my social media i'm looking at my web page and it's like stuff is happening it looks like i'm not even gone you know and um so he's really like a um a self-starter
1: which is great yeah that's amazing that you were able to find that i know that's a a lot of agents are like i need help but it's like finding the Mm -hmm. right human yep it sounds like you found your uh, another perfect match. Yes, yeah. And what kind of tasks are you delegating to him?
2: Um, so, you know, when we're under contract, he is doing all the initial um, kind of under contract stuff. So I have a whole, you know, slew. The client gets this email and that email and the dates and you know communication, all that kind of stuff. Um, and he's kind of monitoring all the emails from like title and lenders and stuff, just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, And then he updates social media stuff. He writes blog posts through ChatGPT, which is amazing. Um, he is really interested in my Google standing. Like, it's like his personal goal to make sure I am like the top realtor in Google without having to pay for it. So he's constantly like doing analytics of the website and what he can add to like make me rise higher. And he'll be like, you're, el- you're 11th today. You're on the first page, you know, or like whatever. He's like way psyched on it, Yeah. which I'm like, sweet. I don't have time to look at all that <laughs> yeah. stuff or the knowledge or whatever. So, um, yeah.
1: Okay. That's so cool. And um, let's talk about your social media. So there's a few things on there. I think like, okay, I saw this, your fake listing video. (laughs) There's a few things I want to touch about on your social media. yeah, Because you are so cute and fun. (laughs) Um, So she has this, and I don't know, it sounds like you used to do them a long time ago the one I watched was yeah uh, I just
2: did a new one in Croatia and I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna post it or not because I'm in a bikini and I'm like I don't know that might be a lot you
1: <laughs> should do it because the one that you did that I saw was the uh Dominican Republic oh yeah uh-huh. so I went was, all sweaty <laughs> <laughs> I think that is so it's like funny yeah and it's engaging yeah. you know just um and then you have these really cute fun photos of you at like showings and I think it just really brings out who you are. You have a fun personality, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people relate to real, you know. Yeah,
2: I, um, I taught a class at my brokerage um, that was basically, I forget what we titled it, but it was basically how to be authentic in real estate because I think a lot of people get into real estate and they have this idea of this is what a realtor looks like. And so they try to emulate that and like if you just go through TikTok or Instagram and you watch videos of realtors again not to disparage anyone there is so much cringe content out there and the reason for that is cuz people aren't being themselves mm-hmm. they're trying to be what they think that a realtor should be and guess what realtors are self-employed we can be whoever we want to be and there's going to be people out there that are going to love us for that and so i think like being as authentic as possible within real estate is like monumental for like longevity for um you know longevity in terms of like your own personal mental health and real estate because it can be a really tough job and then also longevity and like your clients like authentically like you for who you are because they know exactly who you are you're not trying to front and be like this oh I'm a luxury Yeah. Agent. So, like if
1: you showed up to like one of your appointments and you're like so like proper and you're talking you know yeah. they'd be like who's this people <laughs>
2: can see right yeah. through all of that you Yeah. Know? And some people are comfortable and authentically themselves in a suit or in stilettos right, or whatever. Right. And that's fine. As long as that is authentically who you are, mm-hmm. I'm down with that. But most people aren't like that, I would say.
1: Yeah. I think you do a really good job. I love the you, you were like in a bathtub, but it was just your legs sticking up. <laughs> my like my signature. In this, but yeah. it was like a pretty photo. Mm-hmm. And then you had these like colorful, like, I don't know what you were wearing, but like it was colorful in this like white bathroom. It was just... And then there's um, like, yeah, you posing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Kitchens always, and. I don't always pose down, but when I yeah. do, it's in a house like this. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're so just unique. Yeah. You know, I don't see any other. other I mean, I'm, I'm a professional Instagram um, real estate agent stalker, <laughs> actually. For, I have to do that for I a job. That. Yeah. And so, but I don't see anything yeah. like that. So well, I think. don't that, tell them. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but um i think like i was looking at a guy yesterday i had met really nice lender and i was like do you have instagram and i'm looking at his page in front of him and i was like it's a beautiful page but you need to be on there like no Mm -hmm. pictures of him yeah you know and he's like i know i need to i i do and it's like i i I couldn't even see what he looked like you know yeah it
2: it's like you are the product i think when you're a realtor like you know there's 10,000 realtors in the Valley and you can work with any one of them. And like, you might say like the house is the product, but not really, because any realtor can sell you that house, but you've got to spend a lot of time with your realtor and really trust your realtor. And so what I have found over the years is that if people, if I get a follow from like a human person, and I don't have any non-human people on my Instagram, as far as I know, there might be a couple, but like most of them are human people. If I get a follow from a human person, I keep my eye on them. And maybe they just got married, maybe they just had a baby, something happened. And then if I get a call from that person, I'm not interviewing for that job because they've been watching me for two, three months, six months, a year, whatever. They already know what they're getting into, they already know, know who I am. It is never like, knock on wood, okay. it has never happened that somebody follows me on Instagram for any period of time and then we meet up for a beer to talk real estate and I don't end up being their realtor because of that. I believe that's because of that authenticity that they see. They already know who they want to work with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and um, your your social media and you're posting frequently, you also have very helpful – this is also what I want to talk about – very helpful videos, and you're interviewing um, experts in the industry and or in Utah. I think um, you interviewed a geologist. Um a a lender, financial advisor. So like you're bringing value and education also to your audience.
2: Yeah. And that came after, you know, I started looking at my following list and who's watching my stories and who's looking at my stuff. And I'm like, most of these, many of these people have already bought or sold houses with me and they're still watching. So let's make sure that I'm providing content for people that are like living in the home that I sold them, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just content of like, here's my new listing, or I just you know, sold something or I just closed on something, whatever, like, you know, they'll only have so much tolerance for that. So I wanted to make sure that it, you know, that it was inclusive to people that have already worked for me and people that will work with me in the future. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. And I think another point to this being authentic on your social media and posting who you really are, um, is you're attracting people like you and that you want to work with, Yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Like so. I am like such a, like, had a.
2: I don't know what I am about it, but I only work with amazing people like exclusively like and this is part of the reason that I don't door knock and I don't cold call because it sounds weird to say, but I don't want to work with strangers. I want to work with people that I know or people that know the people that I know because they're probably like the people that I know and probably like me. and, um, And I've been so lucky, so lucky. I maybe on one hand could name people that I worked with that I found, you know, less than amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: And how are you staying in front of your um, past clients? Is um, I know your brokerage has client events. Do you take advantage of those? No, no? not at all. Okay. I
2: will not um I will not invite my clients to my brokerage events. Um but I have my own events. Okay. So I have four quarterly events typically. Um I haven't been great this year. I got a little hermity in the beginning of the year. I had a really rough Uh, spring and like my personal life and kind of fell off the map (laughs) so but um just uh before my Croatia trip i had a um tiki party at my house so just invited my entire soi and friends and everybody had the whole house decorated all crazy had flew in my best friend from sacramento to mix tiki drinks because she's the best tiki drink maker that i know um and it was a riot it was a total blast um yeah
1: and that's so much um more personal
2: yeah oh my gosh i love that In the winters, I typically have a um, an event that mixes a bunch of different ideas, so philanthropy and, you know, socializing education. So I do these um, kind of avalanche. Uh, historically, I've done the Know Before You Go avalanche course, which is, you know, an hour and a half where somebody ta- kind of talks about the risk of avalanche and, you know, asks people to further educate themselves on avalanches. So I get local companies to donate products. We have a big raffle. Um, The first year we had it at a brewery, I had food and beer. We raised, I think five or $600. And then um, last year I had it at my house and um, I was able to match donations because I wasn't paying for the space. Um, this year I'll probably have something similar. Probably we'll rent someplace out this year. Cause I think people generally are a little more, you know, some of my clients know me really well and they've been over to my house for dinner. I have a lot of like dinners at my house with clients. Um, but you know, some people, maybe, maybe their transaction went really quickly and they didn't really get to know me super well. And they're like, I don't know if I want to hang out at her house. So kind of experimenting back and forth with what works, but ultimately I bought my house as a space to entertain people.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just like, knowing that.
2: Yeah. Cause I was starting to have dinner parties and, you know, my old house was adorable, but small, you know, a little bungalow and I'd have like six people over and it was like, we're all crammed together. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for the big girl house. That's like ripe for entertaining. And
1: yeah, that's great. I yeah. love that. would see. You're still doing the client events. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. just
2: not the ones yeah. that my office puts together. Yeah. I,
1: and I do love that they provide that, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is. And it's great for folks that, you know, I mean, it really is great, and I really probably should be taking advantage of it, but I'm just kind of a snob. Like, I personally don't want to go to those events, and so, therefore, I don't want to invite my people to them. Yeah, because, no. And, and I, maybe my people would love them, and so that's why, where I'm being short-sighted, potentially. But um,
1: Well, this way, too, though, you're getting a more, like, it's way more intimate. Yeah. You can have deeper conversations 100%, than yeah. the, the bigger events, right? There are... I just went to one of them and it was a lot of people. There's a lot, yeah, there's yeah. A lot, there's a lot. you know, yeah. and um, I'm so grateful to my friend who is also a realtor and she, you know, um, it's, they're great events. My kids love it. I love it. Um, but I'm, I, I can see why it's, it's, it's different. Yeah.
2: And my clients, one of the things that I love is connecting people. So, you know, because most of my clients are climbers and skiers, outdoors people, um, and or into like music or great cocktails or food, whatever. Um, I love making connections with people. So at one of my events, one time I had, um, a set of clients that had bought a second house out here. They live in Brooklyn. They've become very good friends. And then I also had some clients that I've done several transactions for. She's from New York, um, he's a lawyer on the Brooklyn side of things. She's a lawyer. And then both the guys are climbers and I look at them, I go, Oh my God, you guys should all like be friends. And so I've since had them all over for dinner, like several times. And they're like homies, you know, they're not going and hanging out outside of my house, I don't think, but they totally could. Um, and so, or people that have bought houses near to each other, you know, I've gone, Oh, you guys should know each other. And then I find out that they're having dinner together, you know, because they're neighbors, yeah. and so I, I just love connecting people, and I think that that is um is going to happen more authentically in a smaller space in my home, you know, where I can do that as opposed to like, you know, at a park for a big barbecue or whatever.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It's very um relationship. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are? Hold on, I gather mm-hmm. my thought real quick. Um, how, right now the market the past year. It's been a different one. Yeah. And how, what kind of conversations are you having with your clients?
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it depends on the client. Everybody's in different spaces. You know, like some people, if they're paying for cat with cash, then the whole interest rate thing is not a thing. Yeah. And if some people were pre-approved a year ago, suddenly they find out, I guess a year and a half ago, then suddenly they find out that things look a lot different for them. Um, so the conversation is constantly different based on who I'm talking to. But I think if I could like sum it all up with everybody, and I think I said this on the panel, it's like, you came to me because you said you wanted to buy a house. That's a fact. And so we're going to do that. And we're going to make it work based on whatever the market is like people aren't you know, people like to fancy themselves like, oh, we're going to time the market and we're going to wait for interest rates. Or we're going to wait for this. Or we're going to wait for that. Mm-mm. People buy houses when they're ready to buy houses. Like it doesn't matter what the market looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like, you came to me because you said you wanted to buy a house. Let's do that. And we're going to work with the tools that we have. Like I constantly refer to this toolbox that I carry around. So, you know, my toolbox in 2021 looked completely different than my toolbox does today. Um, And so it's a matter of constantly like cleaning out that toolbox, you know, using the vacuum to get the dirt out and replacing tools with tools that are, you know, worn out or don't work anymore or whatever. And so I'm constantly just kind of like revamping based on market conditions. And this year, more than any year that I've been in real estate, I feel like the market changes every week and a half basically. And so it's a constant revamping of that toolbox and a, and a revamping of my own mindset too, because like, I think that I've been put on this, like a pedestal of like, Annie has like no mental breaks with the market. She just (laughs) keeps trucking like, you know, and uh, I'm like, no, that's not true. I have to constantly kind of like wrap my head around like, okay, this is a new normal. This is what it looks like now. Next week, same thing, new normal. Let's, let's deal with this however we can.
1: Yeah. I love that. yeah. Yeah. You came to me because you wanted to buy a house. Yeah. So let's, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And, and
2: assuring people that there's not a single client that I've had in 8 years hundreds of clients that comes to me 6 months or a year later and goes, "Oh my god, I'm so upset that I bought when I did." Guess what they say, "Oh my god, I'm so glad that I bought when I did." And you're like, "Yeah." And every single one of them says that. You fast forward 5 or 10 years, they're going to be like the smartest guy in the room. Everybody who bought a house in 5 or 10 years, it doesn't matter what market they bought it in, they're going to feel like the smartest guy in the room.
1: Yeah. And they are. Yeah. I Yeah, actually, all three of our houses we've bought, it was all great timing. Yep. Like, we even owned one house for one year, almost exactly, Mm -hmm. because we had to move states. And I was like, oh, man, it's going to be rough. And it was in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Mm. Still, we broke even. We had done upgrades and things like that. So it was like, we broke even. Yeah. But it's still like, well, basically, you know. Yeah, sixes. Yeah, it's so awesome. And then we moved here in 2019, and... Somebody was saying the other day that 2019 was a bad time to buy and I was like oh my god what <laughs> I was like no like yeah. I don't anyways so that's very very true and um how do you what kind of books do you read because you said you read every morning so I kind of want to
2: yeah so in the morning I allow myself to just read mostly just fiction okay. and the reason for that is because those early morning hours are like so important to me because it's the only time in my whole day that I'm alone, that I'm really just alone and I'm not thinking about work. Nobody's texting me. Nobody's calling me. Nobody needs me. You know, even my like MLS hot sheets haven't come through yet. And so it's like sort of an hour of entertainment for me where I can like sink into a story of somebody else's world and just like be there in that. Um, I typically have three or 4 nonfiction's that are floating around that I'll read like in the afternoon. So, you know, maybe during a, quote, lunch break, as if realtors get lunch breaks. But, you know, if there's like a little lull in my day, like, oh, I'm finished with this task. Oh, I've got a meeting in, you know, an hour and a half. Then maybe I'll pick up one of those. Um, One of the books I'm reading right now in that category is called um, The Art of Gathering. And it's this really amazing book about putting together events that are really meaningful and like really um I don't know specific to a particular feeling or cause or you know like what are you why are you having an event and how can we make sure that it's um really dialed in as to the why you're okay. having the event so um I'm excited to continue reading that and finish it it's my it's been on my shelf for a second
1: <laughs> like, no that's that's how I feel I get like three books at a time and then (laughs) like an audible or something Uh (laughs) it's like oh man I got it I don't have time for this yeah okay and then um if looking back in your journey what could you tell your new agent self like what do you have advice for her oh that's interesting Um, little new agent Annie I think that I have
2: had such a mental block against phone calls for so long. And I think, it's, um, I think it's partly my age. Like I've always gone, people my age do not want a phone call. Like we have been inundated with phone calls our whole lives and we don't want them anymore. But what I have found is that that's not true. And I've convinced myself that nobody wants to hear from me. Nobody wants a phone call from me. Even my friends, even like people that like me, I go, they hate me. They don't want a phone call from me. I get really in my head about it. And I've been working with a coach this year since um, February or March. And um, she has been like, Annie, (laughs) like, just call people. And guess what? When I call people, they're happy to hear from me. And they're like, oh, my God, we haven't heard from you for so long. How are you? How was Croatia? How was this? And I'm like, oh, I guess... I'm good enough. I'm smart enough and people like me. People love me. <laughs> they love me. Turns out, you know, and like I I was before my event, my goal was to call everybody. I did not succeed in that, but, you know, I called a lot of people and of all those people, like One person was a little weird about it. They were like, oh, um, hi, you know, and that ruined my calls for the day. And then the next day I picked up the phone again and everybody else was happy. And if I don't get a hold of them, they all call me back too. That's what's crazy. I'm like, these people do not mind. So I wish that I just had known that much earlier on so that I would have been keeping in better touch with those initial people that I sold houses to. Yeah. Because a lot of them have definitely fallen by the wayside because I, you know, I invite them to all my things, but calling is, uh, impactful.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree. And looking into your future self, <sighs> what does that look like to personal business? Oh God,
2: <laughs> this is, um, this is, a little bit of a struggle for me right now, honestly, because, you know, I'm coming up on 10 years in real estate and there are parts of me that go, when is enough enough? You know, when, when do you make the call? I don't want to be showing houses at 60. That's for sure. Um, the sailing thing is contagious. There's a big part of me that just wants to go buy a sailboat and live on that for a while. You know, um, this year has been the first year, um, in my career that I have made a, um, a plan for vacations. Basically in eight years, I basically haven't taken a vacation. And when I say vacation, I don't mean that i haven't gone somewhere. I mean that I've been working the whole time that I was there. Yeah. So that trip in March, um, I had a, Fellow realtor who's been in the business for fifty-one years, wow! Um, and she's often my go-to when I'm having a little <laughs> mental breakdown.
1: Is this and, um, Lee? Is this Lee? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. I was <laughs> like, I don't like, know anyone
2: else. The- and <laughs> yeah, Lee is yeah. like my bright shining star. Um, but I ran into her one time, and she said, "How are you?" And I said, "Oh God, you know what? I took yesterday off. I went. My boyfriend and I stapled blankets to my windows so we could project a movie. I didn't work at all." And she just goes. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you do that once a week? And I was like, oh, you're
1: crazy. I
2: can't do that. And um, she's like, let me tell you about this thing. It's called the 137. So you take one full day off a week. And she goes, when I say off, I mean off, like you're not doing anything. You take a three day trip monthly and you take a seven day trip quarterly. And I heard that. And even right now you could see the bus. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like what? no way. I couldn't do that. She goes, go home right now, buy a Big calendar, put it on your wall and take a marker and mark off those days right now. I'm going to check in with you next week and make sure you did it. She (laughs) holds you really accountable when she does stuff. So I went on Amazon, I bought this big old calendar and I didn't quite do it because you have to like schedule things. And so it wasn't that week, but over the course of time I did that. And so that's how this year has gone. And I will tell you that like my mental health, my, my everything is so much healthier because I actually like made time for myself to do that. And it's been a game changer. So I go, okay, now I've figured out this balance thing. So do you really need to go live on a sailboat? Or can you actually just balance your life so that you're on a sailboat four times a year and the rest of the time you're serving these clients that you love and doing something that you enjoy and being in a town with, you know, in a place where I've developed really incredible friendships and connections and I own five houses here, you know, like, and I have a dog. Um, So it's a little bit of like a... um, a thing that's been heavily on my mind of what does the future look like for Annie
1: but that's a great start setting setting time aside for yourself yeah it's so important and I love I've heard that before like to just get the calendar out for the following year and just plan put it in there yeah like schedule your vacations first yeah and you know my
2: July, my June, July was crazy busy this year. Like July was my second highest grossing month of like my career. And, um, but all the while, while I was busy, I kept going, yeah, but I'm going to the Dominican Republic in July, you know, and then I'm going to Seattle after that. So I had something to look forward to, which sounds like a no brainer, but was something that I just hadn't even really you know, focused on in the past. And so anytime things are a little rough, I'm like, it's okay because guess what? This is funding my next sail, my next sailing trip. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to, um, like follow that journey. Where do you post about that? Cause I did not see yeah. any Croatia things <laughs> on your Instagram.
2: <laughs> yeah. I have a personal Instagram as oh, well. Okay. Um, yeah, I keep them separate. Okay. Um, because you know, I mean, It's funny. I I kind of vacillate between this world of like, I want my clients to know that I'm doing great things. Like um, a client who's become a great friend um, when he was buying his house. I remember one time I had a camping trip planned and he wanted to see this place. It was like during the heyday of the COVID years. And so I was like, okay, I can show it to you Saturday morning, but then I'm leaving after that. So, and I'm like praying that he doesn't love the house and he does, you know, and we get there and he really likes it. And he's like, I'd like to put an offer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to refer you to another agent because I have this trip planned. I'm driving. I've got people going. And he goes, you know what? I work with you because you do cool stuff. So you go do that. I'll find another house. And I was like, oh, my God, like meant so much to me. And so, you know, I kind of like I want to share with people that I do fun things. But I don't want to share so much that they think that I'm never going to be here to work with them. Gotcha. Because I'm like, I promise you that I've got the people on the ground that I can be gone and we can still do this. But I don't want the the brand to look like I'm just out of town all the time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes I do crazy fun things with my friends and my clients don't need to see me being like, oh. you yeah. know, <laughs> like, you know, I can keep a little bit of a professional yeah. friend. Yeah. Okay. I get <laughs> so, it. I
1: get it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I wish I could talk to you. I, I mean, I could talk to you all day long, but I know we have things to do and places to go, like the kombucha yeah. store, restaurant. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a kombucha. It's a bar, technically, okay. but you can
2: go and get kombuchas or you can go get mixed drinks with kombucha. She's made this really amazing space. It's called Hands Kombucha. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, to, cool. A little shout out for my friend's business yeah. and it's beautiful and decorated and they do like charity events and drag brunches and all kinds of fun things. So great place to work. A little shout out. Oh, to I Kate. love that. Okay. So where can people follow you? They can follow me on my Instagram at Salttown Town Realty. Um, that's my Facebook, Instagram website, everything. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, I just want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun having you on here and getting to know you and yeah, I'll Thank you to our listeners. Thanks so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> right, bye. bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate, failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.